Hello, and welcome to the family at World Harvest Outreach. Yeah, so I, it's really a hard act to follow. Uh, those guys are awesome. So, um, I'm sorry? I don't think you're ready to see my moves. Um, so, uh, Jason might be ready to see my moves. I don't know about anybody else. Okay. Um, so uh, today I'm going to speak a little bit about the, the gifts of the Spirit. And so this is, this is a theme that we've been on, uh, I'd say, now for a couple weeks. Um, Kendall talked about it a, lo- a little bit. Mark, you talked about maybe like the offices of the fivefold ministry and how those connect. So just kind of continuing with a couple of my own thoughts, I hope. And uh, I have a lot here. Uh, maybe I'll get through it all. Hopefully, you guys, I uh, can land the plane and kind of, you know, bring some uh, some clear thoughts to you all. But um, I'm going to open actually with a quote uh, that's not from the Bible. Yeah, the gasp. So the quote is: "The meaning of life is to find your gift, and the purpose of life is to give it away." Does anyone know who said that? Walt Disney, that's a good guess. Pablo Picasso. Yeah, so the meaning of life is to find your gift, and the purpose of life is to give it away. I heard that this week, and I really liked it. So um, just to open here, I want to go over a couple of the goals I have um, in speaking today. I'm on my computer. I have a backup copy in case it dies. But if the battery dies, that's my cue. We're, we're wrapping it up, right? Uh, so my goals. So I want us to see our gifts as a reflection of his identity in us, right? And to not let our gifts define our identity, right? So kind of seeking out our identity in Jesus and letting those gifts be a reflection of that identity that we have and not not the other way around, right? So the second goal um, is I want us to see that gifts are not something necessarily that we can earn, right? Not something that we can... Uh, do good enough to get a gift. We can, like, you know, strive and do something to, like, get this gift, right? So just kind of bear with me with that. We're going to go and, and find some of those um, those points later on. And then just finally, this is the third. I, I thought I'd keep it pretty simple with the goals, um, is that we take off the parameters that we apply uh, to what a spiritual gift is. Okay, so um, I'll be going through some different scriptures today that kind of list spiritual gifts, um, and there's, I think there's some common ones that you guys might know that just go through a listing of spiritual gifts, but um, I want us to kind of take those parameters away and say, well, these are the spiritual gifts. Here's the list. It was in uh, the scriptures, so th- that's, my, that's my third goal here. So I just want to pray quickly um, with that opening. So, Father, I just ask that... Um, that you would bless our gathering here today, Father, uh, that your message um, would come through, Father, that we would, uh, we would see your gifts clearly in us, and, Father, that we would see them as a reflection of you in everything that we do. Amen. So um, a couple of the verses... I have here, and I don't know if I'll get to them all, so I wanted to give, give them to you guys. I know some people take notes and have asked for verses later, so um, I'll be in Isaiah 11, I'll be in 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12, and Matthew 22. Not 
all of those things, but kind of bits and pieces. So, um, so in opening, um, this isn't one of the traditional verses that you think of when you think of uh, spiritual gifts, but it is uh, Isaiah 11, and we're going to go through 1 through 6 quickly. So Isaiah, again, Old Testament, Isaiah mostly uh, sort of prophesying about uh, the coming of Jesus, and so just kind of look for that in this. I think it's, it's extremely evident, um, but listen to what, what he says here. So Isaiah 11, 1 through 6. So then a shoot will spring from the stem of Jesse, and a branch from his roots will bear fruit, and the spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and strength, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. So um, obviously it's pretty evident. Who is Isaiah talking about there? The branch of Jesse. Jesus, right? So that... This is, you know, uh, what is it, 700 years, something before Jesus? And he's talking about the stem of Jesse. Um, The first thing that I I wanted to pull out here is he says that the spirit of the Lord will rest on him. Does that, what does that remind you guys of? The Holy Spirit. Do you remember in in John, uh, when John the Baptist is, uh, is baptizing people, and he says, like the Lord told him, and this is, I'm going from memory here, but like the Lord told him that he would see the spirit of the Lord descending like a dove and settling on someone, right? And that, that happened when he saw Jesus. And he says, yeah, so this is Isaiah here, but the spirit of the Lord will rest on him. So I love that. Um, and okay, so at the end, it's the, the knowledge of the fear, uh, knowledge and the fear of the Lord. We know that that fear is not like uh, just a literal translation, right? What, it, what do you guys think like the fear of the Lord is in that context? Like yeah, like reverence, respect, yeah. Because um, later on, he actually says that he delights in the fear of the Lord um, in that verse. So it's, it's not like, it's not that kind of fear. So some of the things that we're seeing early on, um, right, is uh, wisdom, understanding, counsel, strength, knowledge, and the fear of the Lord. So these aren't necessarily always ones that you see in the, the, the typical listings, but each one of these in, in Isaiah is referred to as a spirit, right? So when I think about the spirit, I think about Holy Spirit. And this is something that Jesus was just walking in, but it didn't mean that, okay, one day he's walking in wisdom, and then the next day he has uh, counsel or strength. It was the Holy Spirit, you know, kind of working all in all. You know, in Isaiah, that wasn't necessarily a theme back then, that Holy Spirit. That's something we, we start to see in the New Testament. Um, so uh, going on, continuing verse 3, uh, Isaiah 11 here. He will delight in the fear of the Lord. That's what I was talking about. And he will not judge by what his eyes see, nor make decision by what his ears hear. Um. And so I was reading this again this morning, and uh, the, the verse in Hebrews came to mind. You don't have to go there. I'll, I'll read it quickly here. But it says, for the, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, even penetrating as far as the division of soul and spirit, both joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Right? So he's, it says here, he will not judge by what his eyes see, 
nor make decision by what his ears hear. So, and that, that, that's telling me that the Father is looking at what's in our heart. He's not necessarily concerned with what the outward sort of reflections are. And that's, that's how I want us to think about the gifts, too. So the gifts can be an outward reflection, but it's, it's about an inward, um, you know, we could use the word like manifestation. It's like an inward reality that starts to reflect. Um, so I want to I want to make a, a a change now in talking about um, the gifts and whether or not we deserve the gifts that we get. Um, so this is something that I've seen, uh, I think, in a lot of Christian culture in like worship uh, lyrics, worship songs, um, where we talk about sort of uh, us being undeserving, you know, kind of like filthy rags kind of thoughts, like we're just we're undeserving of these gifts. And um, do you guys know the song Reckless Love? Um, so if you've ever heard us sing it, we sing it a little bit differently than the original lyrics. So let, I, I want to read the original lyrics, and I want you to think about where we talk about deserving. So the original song lyrics go, Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. It chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves the 99. And I couldn't earn it, and I don't deserve it. Still, you give yourself away. So when we sing it, we change the lyrics to say, I couldn't earn it, but you say I'm worth it. I don't know if you guys have ever noticed that. I don't, is that something we did as, at like... And why, why do you guys think that's important to think about? Um, so this is, reckless love is about his love. Why is it important for us to not think we don't deserve his love? I'm, I'm, I want to hear what you guys think. What's that? His grace and mercy. What was somebody? We're worthy. Yeah. Anybody else? I'm sorry? We're his children. So the, the original lyrics go, I don't deserve, or uh, I couldn't earn it, I don't deserve it. Still you give yourself away. So again, one of my goals at the beginning is we can't earn it. That is that I do believe that about gifts, about his love, that some, it's not something we can earn. So the point I'm trying to make in that is it's not our decision whether or not we deserve a gift. So I, I thought about it this way, is only the giver of the gift can determine whether someone deserves that gift. And I think the reason it's important is that if we think about the gift as something we can earn, something we can go out and do something to get, um, we talked about this before, like it turns from this I'm facing the Lord, and I'm kind of with him, and I'm, I'm sourcing myself in him to all of a sudden now, well, this is mine. Like, I deserve this thing, you know, and I kind of, I kind of hold it over here. This is, this is mine. And so that, that's, that's a big important, uh, important part. So we feel entitled to that benefit. So it's like, and it's, it's really what that is, it's a works-based mentality, right? You might, to use like a, a churchy word, And um, so, it, yeah, 
I think saying that we don't deserve it implies that we know better than him, is, is kind of the thought. So it's, it's, I think it's really prideful for us to say, I don't deserve his love. Because when he died on the cross for us, it wasn't our doing. It, it was his decision. So don't say you don't deserve it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And so if you guys can hear what, what Denver said is like, I think as Christians, we, we tend to focus on our sin, right, as like being the main thing. And that will, it kind of turns away from the grace aspect of it, and we just see ourselves through that lens. And I think we've talked about this before, right, that like, if we see ourselves as lowly, worthless, undeserving, then what we're doing is we're, we're sort of degrading what he did. We're saying that what he did as a sacrifice for us and what he did, we weren't deserving of. Like, he, doesn't, he didn't die for, like, worthless things, worthless people. So I want us to think about that as we're thinking about the gifts. It's not necessarily something we can earn, right? And I still agree with that. We can't earn it, but that doesn't mean we don't deserve it. Okay, and the reckless love, that's talking about his love, but I'm applying that to our gifts, right? Because we get, I think a gift is something that we can't earn, right? It is just something we receive. Someone can't tell me um, whether or not my son deserves a gift for Christmas. That's for me to decide. I'm the giver of the gift, right? If you could deserve a gift, that means it becomes a wage. Mm. It's something that you work for, and now you're compensated. That's good. Way to the sin is death. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's good.
in order to have this thing back. So from my perspective, I think the devil's advocate thing that Amanda's asking is, from our perspective, from a sin-conscious perspective, absolutely. Yeah. We do not deserve what he's doing or how he loves us and all of that. Makes yeah. perfect sense. Yeah. But when we take that Holy Spirit-inspired perspective of the Father, we see the value that is being sacrificed for. Yeah. You know, and you, you will pay the highest price for the thing that you value the most. Every one of us in this room would do that. And that's exactly what he did. <clears throat> And just, I think that what, uh, what catches my attention in that, that thought is that I don't deserve, is that it's, maybe if I can put it in, in my words, is like we're seeing it through the lens of the world. We're determining a, our deserving nature based on how the world would, would judge, right? So seeing it through the Father's eyes, we don't see deserving, undeserving, we see love we see people as he does which is like what we're called to I, I think that this whole discussion is kind of the one where so many non-christians believe that they have to change before they become Christ. yeah that's good that, that begins to say he's telling them that they're not good enough yes where what you're really saying is god sees us where we are yeah that's and good Yeah. So Laurel, if you couldn't hear, Laurel was describing that as like one of the barriers people have in coming to the Lord is they see how, uh, how, how separated they are. They see the sin as something that they have to get rid of before they come to him rather than understanding that it's a come as you are. He'll meet you where you are. Um, that's a really good point. I like that. Thank you guys. I like the, the interaction. That always like helps me, you know, kind of stirs things in me. So um, the traditional passages, I would call it, for gifts of the Spirit that, that we might think about, 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12. Um, I'm going to spend a little bit of time in uh, 1 Corinthians 12. And um, go, go back and listen. Kendall did this as well. He talked a little bit through um, uh, the gifts here. So I'm going to try to not like uh, hit the same points he did, but maybe complement some of those, those thoughts. So... Um, I'm going to read a little bit here. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12, uh, starting verse 4 uh, through 7 at first here. So, now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of ministries, but the same Lord. There are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Um, so, this is, uh, this is kind of another th uh, like theme that you're going to see through all of these verses, is a variety of, of, of gifts, but the same spirit, kind of the same source. Um, and I'm, I think at the beginning, right, I talked about the goal of seeing the gifts as his attributes reflected through us. So every time you think about a spiritual gift, it is, it is a attribute of the Father, an attribute of the Spirit that gets reflected out, you know, and it's to reveal him. It's, it's what we do that is revealing him um, through these gifts. So um, a, another quick call out here. So in verse 7, that's the end of the, the, the short passage I just read. But it said, to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Um, and what I'm seeing here is that this is 
is, is showing us that the gifts of the Spirit are something that are meant to be shared. They're something that are not meant to um, necessarily only benefit us. You know, kind of like I said, taking that gift that we're facing the Father, we have this gift, and then we turn and say, this is for me, this is for my thing. And um, what, Kendall, what, what Kendall talked about was another passage, was it in Matthew, with the, the girl that was prophesying for her master for profit? Acts. And to me, this is what I'm seeing is like, we can take that gift, we can take something that, that was designed to be shared and to be used for the good, the common good here, it says, and we can turn and we can say, actually, this is just for me. And that's, I think, sourcing, it's sourcing from a different spirit. That's like tur- the turning inward, turning away. Um, so that's something to think about. Um, oh, so what's, what's our theme for the year? Manifest, measure, What is it? <laughs> Manifest, measure, multiply, right? So to me, I think about the gifts are in the, that first part, that manifest, right? Because can, go bring it seven up again. That's exactly what it says, right? The gifts are a manifestation of the spirit for the common good. And what, did, what, was, our, uh, what was our definition of manifest? Mark, I think you called out last week. What? Uh, Jason, you had it, didn't you? God revealing himself through us. Jason, you are on point. So that's, yes, you do, yeah. So that, again, think about that, that manifestation of the Spirit through us is us revealing who God is through these different pieces of his nature, these individual attributes. Um, so this is the first, uh, we'll get into the first, like, listing of the gifts, right? So um, here in verse 8 it says, So for one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, and to another a word of knowledge to that same Spirit. Uh, to another, faith by the same spirit, and to another, gifts of healing by one spirit, and uh, by the one spirit, and to another, the effecting of miracles, and to another, prophecy, to another, the distinguishing of spirits, and to another, the various kinds of tongues and interpretation of tongues. But one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one as he wills. Um, so again, kind of going back to some of my goals, my objectives here. In that last verse, verse 11, but the one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually just as he wills. So again, it's taking away that workspace mentality that we're thinking about when we think about the gifts because it says he is distributing to each one individually as he wills. It's not based on what you did yesterday, how you performed yesterday, or what you did or didn't do. It's as the Spirit wills. Um, the other thing here is when, you're, when you think about uh, the gifts, and anytime you read the gifts, start thinking about um, seeing Jesus in those gifts. So, you know, we read about Jesus, we hear about what he did as he was walking through the earth. And each one of the things he was doing was an outward reflection of like the inward reality, right? And all of these different gifts are just a different piece of him. And I think there's, you know, we have, we have passages and stories about individual pieces you can see, but it was just him walking. 
and this is kind of what I think. I don't think that um, Jesus woke up one morning and said, today I'm going to heal people. Today I'm going to go out and I'm going to work on healing. That's the gift I'm going to operate in today. I'm going to look and I'm going to find a broken person and I'm going to heal them or whatever it is. I think that he was just looking to his father. And when he walked, he was, it was the, the gift started pouring out of him. And again, that's that common theme that you see is that all of these gifts, then you can put them in a list and look at them individually, but they're really just attributes of him, something that he's reflecting. So um, quickly here, I want to talk about, uh, and I'm, I'm pulling on our, our, our theme for the year, so measure. Um, and what I would call this, when we're measuring our gifts, is we want to be looking for the source. So what is the taproot, what is the source when we are operating our gifts? And so if, if we're talking about the gifts of the Spirit, how do you guys think we can measure uh, and determine the source from the Spirit that we're operating in? Just, what's that? It's always Christ. The fruit. That's what I was thinking. So... Uh, I brought this up to the youth a couple weeks ago. I said, hey, I'm, I'm going to like talk about the gifts of the Spirit. Do you guys know what the gifts of the Spirit are? Or who can name the gifts of the Spirit, I asked, kind of knowing that you know, the list goes on. But they said, uh, peace, patience, kindness. You know, it's, they started going through the fruit of the Spirit. And I was like, I thought the same thing. I thought the fruit of the Spirit is the gifts of the Spirit. Um, but let, I'll, I'll just read those real quick. I think a lot of us know it, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. So I think that these, the fruits, are something that we can use to determine how we're using our gifts. And I think that sometimes when you're operating your gifts and you're maybe not using them, sourced from, from, the, from the Lord, the fruit might not look like this. And so that's what I was thinking about, again, with the passage that, that Kendall brought, is that individual is not sourcing themselves properly, right? They were, they were using that gift sort of outside, of outside of the spirit, outside of his will. And so, and I, like, I have a couple of verses kind of talk about that. We talked about um, Jonah, like um, Ben talked about Jonah. And I think Jonah was operating in his gift of, what was his gift? Prophecy, right? So he was prophesying. Uh, he didn't want to, though, right? He didn't want to bring this news to the people. He was, he was afraid. He had to go through all that. And then he finally did. And then what happened? God changed his mind, and he forgave the people, and he let them repent, and he didn't destroy them. And then what happened with Jonah? He got mad. So the fruit of the Spirit, in that case, he was getting angry. He was not full of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, right? So in that moment, after delivering that news, he started tapping into something else. He wanted to see this divine retribution, destruction. And we see this in a lot of other passages. So um, we, we don't have to go there, but like Luke 9, 55 um, talks about, uh, there's a story, so 
Jesus is going toward Jerusalem, and he's preaching along the way at different towns, and then there's one town that doesn't receive him, at least that we, that, that we see in this passage, right? So there's one town that says, we're not interested, keep moving. And two of the disciples are standing there with him, and they say, should we call down fire on them? Should we pray and call down fire on those people because they rejected you? And some versions say he said, you do not know what spirit you are of. But in all versions, said he rebuked them. Because I think, again, what they were reading, and they get that, they came by that honestly, right? That, the, the calling down fire, where does that come from? Old Testament, Sodom and Gomorrah. So Elijah was actually using that gift that he had to call down fire, right? And that's what he was using. But he told to them, he told them, he rebuked them. He said, you do not know what spirit you are of. Um, and then another, another passage too, um, I mean, obviously in John, he says to Peter, you know, get behind me, Satan, while he's trying to, you know, he doesn't want Jesus to go to the cross. He doesn't want him to be turned over. He said he's going to, you know, fight or whatever to keep it from happening. So I think that that's kind of what we can look for is like, what is the fruit of the spirit? What is the fruit of the gifts that we're using? Um, and so it might not be something so, you know, clear as you're trying to call down fire out of heaven, but like, look at that love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. If you're operating what you perceive to be a spiritual gift and it's not producing that fruit, you might need to reassess and kind of look at how, are, how am I using that gift? What is, and again, I'm not saying that um, the gift is bad or something. It's about what, what am I sourcing myself in? What am I, who am I reaching out to? Where am I sourcing myself when I, when I walk through these gifts? Um, so Genesis speaks uh, of the, the greater and the lesser light. Do you guys uh, know that passage, what like Genesis is talking about there? I know we've been through Genesis recently in Bible study. What, what is it talking about there? Uh, uh, not figuratively, you know, the sun and the moon, right? So it's talking about the sun uh, will be during the day and the moon, the lesser light at night. And so um, I, I think about this when I think about our gifts and I think about even like the fivefold ministry and all these different pieces is the greater light, the sun, and the lesser light, the moon. Why is the moon illuminated at night? It's a reflection of the sun. The moon is just a reflection of the greater light. And so I think that's kind of a, um, it's a good reality check, check for us when we're talking about gifts, when we're talking about how we operate. Because, you know, Jesus said, a servant is not greater than his master, right? And I think this gets into, like, what you talked about with that, the song earlier, like, well, we don't want to elevate ourselves too much. We want to, you know, kind of keep ourselves in reality and keep, our, like, keep ourselves grounded. I think this is the way to think about that, is not to say, I don't produce light, but to understand that it is a reflection sourced from him, right? And so if we think about our gifts that way, I think it helps us hold them like this. It's not my thing. This isn't Reese's gift that you know, I built this thing, I earned this thing, I deserve this thing, but actually, I'm just facing the Father, 
and I'm allowing him to reflect through me. And so we, we should not diminish our light. We should not say this is, I'm useless, I'm nothing, I'm worthless, because actually we should be a reflection. But, again, from the greater light, you know, a greater light reflecting on us. So I love that, I love that analogy. If you take something home, take that home, that we, our gifts are a reflection of him. Okay, I'm going to, let me see here. Oh, any, any thoughts, any questions? Help me, help me be interactive here. Yeah, who, Casey? Yeah. That's that's a good question. So can I make sure I'm understanding the question you said? What do you do when a thought comes into your mind that maybe is not um, it's not a good thought? Right, or it's not like a healthy thought. It's it's not sourced in him. Is that is that fair? So I'd love to hear other people's thoughts about that. Because, um, but it's something I've been thinking um, a lot about recently. Is when we have a thought that pops into our mind. Um, I think sometimes we don't have full control over the thought that I think pops into my mind, like you're talking about. Because I, I, you guys might have a different thought process than I do. Our brains work different. I think for me, sometimes they do just pop in. And, you know, the Bible tells us that Jesus was tempted in all ways and did, and did not sin, right? So to me, what that tells me is that a temptation in and of itself, that, pop, that thought, let's say, that is not in line with what Jesus is saying over us, that's not a sin. I think what we do with that thought can be, Right? So do I take that thought and I bring it over here and I ruminate on it and I let it envelop me and I, let, I, I dwell on it, I think about it. I, I think, Amanda, even what you talked about today on stage is that a, a thought of fear, right? And you didn't ask for that thought. It popped into your head. And what she chose in that moment is to say, actually, I'm going to put Jesus above this thought. So I, I think that if I'm getting like to the root of your question, I, I've I feel like I've felt that in myself as well, is that, like, I feel conviction for the thought that popped into my head. But I want us to think about, I think Jesus was tempted. I think some of the thoughts that popped into his head might surprise you if it said he was tempted in all ways that we are, but sin not. So that, I, does that? Yeah. Any? Yeah. Yeah, and I think that, Again, that's all about, I'm, I'm really fixed on this. I know you guys probably see me keep doing this, is like looking at him. That, thro- that thought process has just been with me in the last couple months of like, when I get really down and in with work, with worry, with fears, like stuff that's coming to me, I have to just take this open hand approach with him and just say, my job, my family, my house, my worries, my troubles, and I'm just like, Father, this is, 
I'm going with you with this. I'm going where you take me. I'm not going to hold any one of those things and just let, like, take it and, and, and it's mine. I'm not, like, just bring them to him. Just be in his light. Just allow him to sort of talk to you about those things. Open hand. And that's, that's just really been helpful for me. Yeah. Um, so uh, the gifts in, in Corinthians and Romans a lot of times are really referred to as parts of the body. So I'm not going to read all of them. I know um, uh, I don't want to take too much time here. But So I'm, I'm continuing Corinthians. This is now 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12. Um, so for the body is one, yet has many parts. And all the parts of the body, though they are many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by the Spirit we are all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one Spirit. For the body is not one part, but many. If the foot says, because I am not a hand, I am not a part of the body, it is not for, uh, for this reason any less a part of the body. So I, I think this is interesting. Is I think this is like a tendency that we can have in this case, it's kind of a, um, it's a dialogue talking about us talking about ourselves. Is we see ourselves and we see the body, right? We're talking about what's the body that we're talking about here? The church. Um, it's, it's reflecting sort of analogy of the body of Christ and like a human body, foot, ears, eyes, it starts to talk about. And I think we have this tendency, or I can, I can speak for myself that I do, is to see Maybe a teacher up here or a leader, someone who's walking in ministry or, um, you know, sort of like, uh, you know, going to the nations. And I see and I say, wow, I'm not, I'm not that. I'm not walking in that. I don't have that. So I'm not part of that body. That is a different part of the body. But that's not what it's saying here. It's saying that each one of those is a part of the, the body. And even, even if... That's what it's, it's that inner dialogue saying, I'm not. It's like, that does not mean, uh, what does it say? So if the foot says, because I'm not a hand, I am not a part of the body, it is not for this reason any less part of the body. If the ear says, because I'm not an eye, I'm not part of the body, it is not for this reason any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? And if the whole body were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? That's a kind of a funny, uh, that's a funny image. Um, but that's what I think about, is that like each one of these parts of the body operates a little differently. Yeah. And so um, something we were talking about recently with the offices, right, the, the five-fold ministry. Does anyone remember what the five-fold ministry like, pieces are? Apostle? Prophet. Prophet. Evangelist? teacher, pastor, right? So what Mark's point was in, in talking about that is that we don't just say, okay, well, I'm out and about, I'm at, I'm at Giant and somebody asks me a question and I need, to, I need to be teaching for a moment. Well, I don't say, Mark, like I need to call up Mark and get him over here because he's the teacher, he needs to teach. So like, how do we balance that with like what is said here is that all the different parts of the body have a different purpose. They play a different role. They have a different um, 
uh, I'll say, sort of function. So um, I was thinking about this today, and I was, uh, I was brought to mind like a thought that I had. Do you guys remember like our big Koinonia gatherings that we have here? So if you're, if you're new with us, Koinonia is like our big fellowship gatherings. And we bring folks from literally all over the world, all over the country here, and we have these kind of very intense moments of worship and um, speaking from just kind of hearing everybody. And um, there's this moment, I know I've shared this with several people and the youth a couple times, is uh, Randy Strombeck, one of the, um, the leaders here, he, he came up and he's, he does this very well sort of at the, to close out our, our long nights. We're here till like 10 p.m. or later. And he just starts uh, sort of describing the visions that the Lord's giving him. And it's like very eloquent, beautiful pictures. Uh, you know, the Lord's taking him into different, like, uh, you know, in the spirit, different places, and he's seeing beautiful things. And I was sitting at, at this specific time, I was sitting up in the tech booth up there, and I'm just like, I am not, like, we're, we're all closing our eyes, and we're, like, trying to follow along. I was like, I am not getting any of this stuff. And I'm like, I'm kind of beating myself up, you know? I'm like, why can't I see visions the way that Randy sees. Uh, and I'm like to the point where I'm kind of angry and I'm like asking the Lord, like, why don't I see visions the way that he does? And I mean, you may, I hope you do, because that sounded really cool. But I believe the Lord told me in that moment, he said, because I don't talk to you the way that I talk to Randy. That's the way I talk to Randy. That doesn't mean I talk to you that way. And so that doesn't mean that I'll never have a vision, but that just means that the way that Randy, the way that the Lord speaks to Randy is not the way he speaks to me. That doesn't mean that he's a person that has visions and I'm a person that doesn't. I just see things differently. So think about that like when you're seeing somebody up here that teaches or preaches or has, I mean, we saw people with incredible talent, dancing, singing, like don't see that as like, well, that's them and this is me and I just can't. Like, we need to, I think we need to just widen our aperture, right? And see that a little bit clearer. Um, just r really quickly, I, I, wanna, I wanna skim through that. At the end, um, at the end of this passage in Corinthians, um, let me just start at uh, 22. It, it also says, so like we see ourselves in the body and we say, I'm not a nose, I'm not an ear, I'm not a hand, I can't. But then it also says that the hand should not say to the foot or whatever, like we don't need you because you're not this, right? And that's kind of the buildup to some of these other thoughts. So on 22, on the, on the contrary, it's much truer that parts of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary and those parts of the body which we consider less honorable, on those we bestow greater honor, and our less presentable parts become much more presentable, whereas our more presentable parts have no need of it. But God has so composed the body, giving more abundant honor to that part which lacked, so that there, are, that, so that there may be no division in the body, but that the parts... Uh, may have the same care for one another. And if one part of the body suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, 
then all the parts rejoice with it. So again, we're thinking of ourselves as parts of the body. And I think what this calls out in a very kind of clear terms is that if someone is in our body is suffering or someone in our body is honored and, and glorified or whatever, we rejoice with those who rejoice. And we you know, come and we grieve with those who grieve. And um, obviously it says the parts of the body that are weaker, uh, which seem uh, are necessary. So it's, again, on the contrary, it's much truer that the parts of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. Like, let that break off something in us that say, well, this is not my gifting. This is not my thing. I'm weak in that. Like, I can't do this. I can't prophesy. I can't teach. I don't have wisdom. Like, the parts of our body that seem to be weaker are necessary. So again, start to take off that, those blinders, that, those parameters by which we see those gifts in ourselves. Okay, I think, I, I think I'm ready to close out. Any, any other thoughts, questions, before I kind of get into my, my closing thoughts? Jason, Jason said that he sees, uh, or God speaks to him through, through dreams, and that's really cool. I've, I've had some experiences like that as well. Like when I was talking to my mom about my book, where Yeah. Uh, Daniel? If we ever desire to have specific gifts, we mm. can always ask for them. Yeah. And that's good. So Daniel said if we ever desire to have specific gifts, we can ask for them. Um, one of my favorite, uh, so I grew up with like King James Bible and like, I can memorize King James really easily. It's like this poetic kind of thing, uh, even though it's like really hard to read, but, uh, I'd memorized all of James at one point. And one of my favorite parts of that, which I leaned into with God for a long time is, um, it says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God who giveth to all men liberally and abradeth not, you know, not holding back. And I'm like, oh my gosh, right here in the Bible, it says we just, we get wisdom if we ask for it in faith, right? We get wisdom when we ask for it. That's beautiful. So why not any of the other guests? Yeah, that's a good point. Tammy, do you need some of that? You need some of that wisdom? (laughs) Me too. Yeah, no, it's always good. Yeah. All right, I don't want to keep guys. Any any final? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 So, yeah, Casey was saying that, yeah, like when you ask for gifts, you might have like a trial associated with it or, you know, something. Um. <laughs> I've heard, I've heard people talk about that with patience, right? It's like, don't pray for patience because you're going to get some opportunities to use that patience. Um, I, I, think that, I think that it really, um, 
is, you know, a gift is given when you need it, and a gift is given, you know, sort of as the Spirit wills for the moment. So I think that it's not necessarily uh, for us to, like, sit down and take an accounting of, here's all the gifts I have, and, uh, okay, I don't have this one. I need to go, I need to go practice that. I need to go ask for that. I think it's really just a, again, sort of, you know, turning ourselves toward him, and when we're walking with him, these gifts sort of just come out. Like, you know, again, to bring the analogy of my son, like, he might not ask for the gifts I'm going to give him. Like, I just, I give them as I see that he needs in any moment. He might think he needs a gift. I mean, how many of us have asked for the, the gift we thought we needed, the motorcycle, um, and we didn't get, like, so... Just think about that, like being with him, letting him be the influence to us, those things are just going to come naturally. So um, just quickly in closing, so I opened with a quote uh, that wasn't mine, and I'm going to close with um, a, a concept that, that I've, I've stolen as well. So um, Rand, do you guys know Randall Worley, right? So we've, we've had him here a few times. Um, he's a really good uh, writer, just kind of a brilliant thinker. If you're, if you're like me, I'm not as much of a reader, so like I go, I find him on podcasts where he's talking. And um, So one of the, um, he, he described how one of the things that he does to keep himself in check while he's exploring his beliefs with the Lord, while he's pressing into the Lord, um, or when he's questioning his answers. That's, that's actually one of the titles of his books. I find it really cool. But So... It's a passage in Matthew, and Jesus is being questioned by the Pharisees, and it specifically says there was a lawyer, you know, calling him out. So they're really, like, trying to get him. And uh, they say, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said to him, That you shall love the Lord with all, the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. He said, This is the greatest and foremost commandment. The second is like it that you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Upon these two hang the whole law and all the prophets. So pretty impactful statement. The whole law and all the prophets hang on these two. And to summarize, it's to love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. So what Randall says is he said, if the thought causes me to love God more, love my neighbor more, or love myself more, then I'm heading in the right direction. So um, if you just stand real quick, we'll just pray. Oh, yes, uh, we got a question from Amanda. Do, we, do you think that it's important for us to like know our giftings? Because you said, like, as we walk with the Lord, this stuff comes out by yeah. proximity, I guess. But, so like, do we need to be aware, like, I'm gifted in this. Like, I am gifted in so I mean you might ask someone else and get a different answer I'll, I'll, I'll tell you my perspective I think that you know where you're gifted I, I, I feel like you don't have to if somebody asks you to do something you don't have to think twice about whether like that's something you would just be walking into comfortably or uncomfortably but what I think it's about is not um, letting that be the thing that tells us what we can and can't do Right, So I know that there's some places that I'm gifted that I can kind of walk into without a lot of maybe preparation, a lot of fear, a lot of like work. And there's, there's some places that I, that I can't do that. I, I'm, I'm usually pretty knowledgeable about that, about myself, where I am. 
but I want us to not think about like, you, let that be a reason to say no to something. Let that be a reason to, I mean, I asked Mark if I could be on the worship team and lead, and he said no. But I think that was good because I think Mark knew. But no, so <laughs> if, it's, if it's something that's limiting you, that if, if your list of gifts that you have is limiting you, then I don't think it's good. If your list of gifts is something that you say, hey, I know I'm strong in this. I know that this is something that I've walked in. I'm gifted in this. I can help somebody with this. I can partner with someone. Like, then it's, then it's a good thing. If, does that, I don't know, Mark, you were grabbing. I think it is good to know what you're gifted in, to answer your question directly. Has anybody ever, like, worked really hard on something for a really long time and gotten really good at it over a period of time, like years? Yeah. And then someone walks up to you and sees what you're doing and says, wow, you're so gifted in that? Yeah. Anybody? Yeah. And you're thinking about all of the times you sucked at it and got better and kept practicing and kept practicing, but then someone comes after all that work and says, you look gifted in that. It's both. It's you have the desire as well as you have the capacity. And so I don't think this is just something that just kind of gets plopped on you and you are suddenly good at it. I think it's something we practice, like everything. Like anyone on the worship team up there, you can look at them and say, oh, what a gift they have of guitar or piano, but they all worked yeah. hard at what they're doing to get yeah. where they are. I remember Joelle telling us how Chris used to sing before Chris got lessons. Right, Chris? I mean, I remember Joelle telling us that story. And, and now we love hearing Chris sing. And so the point is this. I think it's like the seed is given to you, but you still have to be good soil. Yeah. And you have to grow it. And as you're growing it, you can't help but look at your garden and say, there's lettuce, there's tomatoes, whatever. So... I think it's a, I don't think it's an and or, I think, I think it's both. So I hope that helps. But yes, I do think you need to know, but I also think you need to practice it. You need to walk it out. And I actually believe people in this room can walk in multiple ones of them. Yeah. I actually think at any moment in time, because we all have the same spirit, yeah. that we can operate in all of them right. at any given moment. So I think it's both. Well, and think about a gift too, is like the first time that you walked in that gift, it wasn't perfect. You know, the first time you grab a microphone and say something, it's, it wasn't perfect. It didn't come out right. Maybe you were lucky enough that it did, but for me, I, I know it wasn't. And so I think that just because uh, you have a gift doesn't mean it's going to be perfect every time. Like, those are things that we grow in. Um, I just don't want that list of gifts in our mind to be a limiting thing to say, oh, this is a great opportunity, but is that one of my gifts? Oh, no, it's not. So I'll just... I'll wait until I'm ready. I'll wait until that, that gift is there. So that's... Just because someone has more gifts than you doesn't mean you don't have a gift as well. Yeah, that's good. Chris said, just because someone has more of a gift or is further along in that gift doesn't mean that you don't have something in that gift as well. That's good. All right, so now you can say, I know half of you still are, but uh, we'll just pray real quick. Father, just thank you. Um, that we could all come together. Father, I just ask that your word would really just sink into our hearts today. Father, that we would see our gifts as a reflection of you and not hold so tightly to them that we 
are afraid to use them or that we take, you know, have entitlement for them, Father. I ask that today we would leave here just walking around reflecting your light, spend more time in your light, spend more time facing you. And Father, I just bless everyone here that, um, that they would start to see your attributes, your gifts reflected in their daily life um, throughout this week and onward. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Yes, and Reese be with you. World Harvest Outreach is located in Chambersburg, Pennsylvania, but we have family around the world. To connect with us, visit us at whocenterpa.com.